knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive podcast. This is your host, Stephen, and today I am joined with... Oh, that's right. Trev stuck out on a boat today, so he isn't able to make it. I'm going to try to hold this thing down myself, so we're running solo. This drive's going to be nice and quiet. Just kick it on and uh, listen to see what hits the radio. That being said, let's just kind of dive into a couple of the details, get the nitty-gritty out of the way. First of all, we want to thank Bow Fishing Magazine. They've been a big supporter, and they're doing even more. There are some things coming in the future that we couldn't do without them. So make sure to check out uh, Bow Fishing Magazine, and you can find them on Instagram at Mob Squad Outdoors. Great guys, big supporters, can't thank them enough. Also, we want to thank Nor'easter Game Calls. Marky Mark, you've done some great things for us, and you continue to do so. Please look into his stuff, look into all of the upcomings, and prep yourself for deer season. Big thanks to Wild Edge Inc. You've been there from the get-go. Can't do this without you. And uh, if you didn't get to catch it, they held the first saddle hunting summit online through Zoom, and it was a huge success in my opinion. Great job there, guys. We all learned a lot. Uh, Also, Broadside Camo, who was another participant in the summit, did it. Scott did an incredible job talking about camouflage and how it works, why it works, and really got to go in depth about broadside camo. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, jump on there, have a look. It, it was awesome. I believe they recorded it and it should be posting up. Uh, just stay tuned there. We also want to thank Wicked Twisted Bowstrings. Go get Jellified. Check out Trader Jans and use the code Outdoor Drive 10. Save you a little cash on them new bowstrings. Deathwish Coffee. Got to thank Deathwish. They keep us rolling in the morning. And check them out at deathwishcoffee.com. And uh, last but not least, the Hunter site. So we've been talking about this for quite a while and some of the new things coming up. And uh, we're going to let them go through and just really tell us all they've added, things they're doing, some of the different stuff, the free versions. Uh, Stay tuned for the show. They're going to really dive into it. And Bryce is the man. That being said, current events getting caught up. We're just going to roll right into it. I'm going to kick up the radio right here and hit you with the news for the cruise. Hey, everyone. Mike here with some news for your cruise. Uh, first stop today is going to take us to Montana, where Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks uh, has been evaluating a joint request from the Montana Sheet, uh, Wild Sheep Foundation and the Montana Wool Growers Association to um, evaluate a bighorn sheep re- relocation in the Bridger Mountains. Uh, a relocation to the Bridgers would offer hunting and wildlife viewing opportunities and would also provide uh, Montana State University of Bozeman research opportunities on the population. 
Fish, Wildlife, and Parks has been searching for areas to establish a new uh, bighorn sheep herd, but has turned down the option of the bridgers twice due to the potential for disease uh, due to domestic sheep uh, in the mountains. Uh, under the current joint proposal, wildlife biologists would need to rethink the risk-adverse metrics currently used to limit wild and domestic sheep contact, but the state says that the experiment could lead to a new blueprint for riskier transplants. Uh, and the director for the wool growers has stated that it would definitely be a test case of whether introduction can succeed in a less than ideal habitat. Um, Fish, Wildlife, and Parks has taken steps to evaluate what an experimental herd would entail and if it is uh, a viable option. Uh, and as of now, nothing has been put out for public comment. So more to come on that. Uh, now that most, if not all states, uh, finished up their turkey seasons, uh, I hope everyone's was a little bit better than mine. Learned a lot, but tag soup for me. Um, there's a lot of data starting to pour in, and we're seeing consistently that uh, states are seeing an increase in numbers this year. Now, uh, is that due to COVID and people being out in the woods more? Who knows? Uh, but here are some of the numbers that are coming in. Kentucky uh, is up 7.5% to 32,000 birds. Uh, Georgia was up 27%, with public land being up 35%. Uh, Tennessee is up 28% to 40,000 birds. Indiana's up 5.5%. Missouri's up 6.9% to 41,000 birds. Uh, and Missouri also had an uptick of 9,600 more licenses sold this year. Uh, and Alabama was up about 5%. Now, Virginia um, had a near record harvest this year. Uh, it was the second highest on record at 20,525 birds, which was up 14% from last year, uh, despite a lack of two-year-old birds uh, in the woods due to poor hatches in 2017 and 2018. Uh, these birds are um, gobbled most and move most often. Um, Hunters were reporting this year of hearing very little gobbling during the season. Um, and with 2019 having a good hatch, there were a lot of jakes in the woods, which resulted in a significant rise in the jake harvest this year, up to about 15.3%, where normal averages are around 10%. Um, the youth weekend in Virginia, uh, well, youth and apprentice weekend harvest was also up about 40% this year. So um, I guess we'll see what the results of that are uh, nationwide. And it sounds like there's some thought that the Western states may actually see a decrease uh, due to hunters not being able to travel due to the pandemic, uh, not being able to get to those Western states to hunt. But more to come on that, I'm sure. Uh, now we're going to head to Pennsylvania, where a likely new state record flathead catfish was pulled from the Schuylkill River uh, near Philadelphia. And Jonathan Pierce, a 34-year-old uh, father of four, connected with a 56.3-pound monster uh, using trout heads as bait. Uh, when certified by the Pennsylvania Fish and Boat Commission, it will top the current record by almost six pounds, which is pretty amazing. Um, 
Pierce did want to release that fish alive. Uh, him and his girlfriend lugging 45 gallon totes of water uh, to do so and keeping the fish alive until the next day uh, when they were able to get the fish uh, officially weighed in. Pierce was successful uh, in releasing the fish in an undisclosed location on the Schuylkill River. Uh, so congrats to Jonathan on a great fish and kudos to you for, for actually releasing that fish for another angler to catch. So um, also in the fishing news, uh, anyone who fishes stripers on the East Coast has probably heard of the Cape Cod Canal. Well, Mass has officially closed the Cape Cod Canal to commercial fishermen effective immediately. Uh, all fat fish possessed within the canal or within the thousand within a thousand feet of its shoreline must now adhere to the recreational fishing limits of one fish between 28 and 35 inches. There is an exception um, for possession of fish greater than 35 inches legally caught elsewhere uh, for commercial purposes and being transported through the thousand foot buffer to a primary dealer. Um, this is a result of numerous public nuisance and safety problems that have been ongoing along the canal. Uh, it's also expected to enhance compliance and enforcement uh, with this year's changes to the regulations going to a slot limit, um, which we're seeing pretty much up and down the coast here, uh, same here in Connecticut. The closure has been adopted as an emergency regulation in effect for 90 days unless adopted as a final regulation. Uh, it is anticipated that public hearings will be held this summer and that the final regulation could be voted on uh, by the Marine Fisheries Advisory Commission at their business meeting uh, August 20th of uh, this year. So we'll see if that happens or if there are any public hearings uh, on the matter coming up here in the near future uh, with some restrictions being listed, uh, lifted uh, around the New England states. So also on the East Coast, uh, fishing related, uh, we're going to turn our attention to the uh, Northeast Canyons and Seamounts. This area comprises 5,000 square miles east of Cape Cod. Uh, it was the first national marine monument in the Atlantic Ocean. It's one of only five nationwide, uh, and it was created in 2016. With its creation, commercial fishing was closed in the area. Uh, and this was an area with a long history of lobster and crab fishing. Um, the closure has withstood several legal challenges uh, over the years, but on June 5th on Bangor, Maine, the president declared we're opening it today. Uh, we're undoing this executive order. Uh, he that was at a meeting with a roundtable meeting uh, with fishies industry representatives uh, and Maine officials. So the canyons are back open for commercial fishing for right now. So um, interesting. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure there will be some challenges to that, but um, for now, they're back open. And that's it for today's news. And as always, if you have any news, please feel free to send it to me on my personal pages, uh, Mike Salter on Facebook and bearded underscore bowhunter21 on Instagram. And enjoy your ride. All right, my man, Mike, we can't do this without you. Thanks for providing that information. It's always very useful and it's a uh, 
a good way to get everybody aware of some of the things going on in the world, whether it affects you or not. Um, if you have more questions or you have a new story you want to share, make sure you get it to Mike, like you said. Uh, if you have a problem, get a hold of him. Reach out to me. Reach out to Trev. We'll be good to go from there. Getting into some of the topics at hand, like I said, Trev couldn't make it here today, mainly because they are swamped. The weather's been beautiful, and uh, with a lot of people still not being back at work, you know, it's a great time to get outside. When you're working on a charter boat, that means your business is going to pick up. He's been burning the candles at both ends and uh, had a, a show out of the blue tonight pop up that he's got to go out and run. So sorry he won't be here for this one, but uh, hopefully we can do it justice. As far as things go here in Virginia, you know, we've had some incredible rainfall over the last few nights, but it's clearing up. Looks like we're going to have, I don't know, a week, week and a half of really good weather. So this weekend, the river's looking really good. We should be able to get out there and uh, get some of this content that we've been building completed so we can start posting that up. One thing we want to ask is... Please, if you get a chance, get on iTunes, give us that five-star review. That really helps us grow and keep pushing this thing forward, getting new content out there, getting our stuff out there, as well as YouTube. As we start getting some of this new content up, some of these new videos uh, upcoming, there will be video podcasts going up on there. Make sure you give us a a big hit on that thumbs up button, Uh, like, share, subscribe, Every little bit helps, and it's going to keep the thing driving forward. So we want to thank you guys and support for everything you've done, everything you continue to do, and uh, just stick with us. With that being said, we're just going to roll right into it. There's not a lot more to add in. You know, it's kind of hard sitting here talking to myself. I'm not very good at it. I ain't even got a mirror in front of me, so that face for radio thing's kicking up. Let's bring Bryce on and get into the show. guys we're back with bryce stone the man behind hunter site we've been talking about this for a while and we're glad to have him on bryce thanks for joining the show how are you bud man i'm doing great thanks for having me i appreciate it no problem so you got a lot of big things going on in your end of the world uh yeah that's uh right we made some changes to the hunter site uh we updated it a little bit there's a a free version and uh, we installed a blog, and we'll be having hunting videos and articles uh, coming out soon. Some have come out. Um, yeah, the wife also on a personal levels uh, house shopping. We've been doing that, and uh, work and everything else has been pretty crazy. <laughs> How have you been, Steve? Doing all right, man. We're staying pretty busy out here. 
pretty much same scenario minus some of the funner things and the bigger things you're getting to deal with. But uh, real quick, you want to go ahead and tell everybody uh, who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Sure. So my name is Brian. I'm from a small town called Jewett. Uh, it's located between Houston and Dallas. It's like 600 people. So it's a rural area. Group. I had uh, 50 classmates in high school. I went to University of Montana for college. And then I traveled around for a little bit trying to figure out what I want to do, uh, I guess, with my life after that. I've always loved hunting. And uh, so this is just kind of a side thing. I started my passion. And uh, you can find me on Facebook at the Hunter site. You can find me on Instagram, the Hunter site. And of course, my website uh, that we'll talk about today, thehuntersite.com. Awesome, man. Well, uh, real quick, why don't you jump back to the beginning? How, how did you get into this? What uh, really drove you to kick up this whole setup you've got going, the app, the website, and uh, you know what you were looking for and why you went about it the way you did? Okay, so um, I have used some other apps, which... My product is not like them, but uh, I've used Onyx before. I still will use it if I go on a Western hunt for public land. Uh, but there's a couple companies like that, Base Map, Onyx, Hunt Stand. They do a great job uh, basically giving you GPS coordinates and knowing where you're located. But there's not really a platform out there that is um, more like a journal or a way to actually record your, uh, your record, keep up with them. And a way to real game photos and try and use those game photos with the weather and figure out a pattern. So I try to create a website that kind of allows a hunter to do multiple things. Um, so kind of my background was in fitness uh, years ago. And I know how important it is to keep uh, a journal to actually achieve your goals. If you don't write it down or you just keep things in your head, uh, you typically end up not meeting your goals. And then I've kind of now I work in the oil and gas industry and I work at a refinery and we keep a lot of records uh, and data uh, based on temperatures and pressures and flows and things like that. So we can uh, be more efficient and make more money with our product. So I feel like deer hunting or, or just about anything that you do, uh, keeping records is critical in becoming more efficient and better at what you're doing. And so there was this one buck that I was trying to get. I still haven't gotten him. He's still alive too, um, for years. <laughs> yeah. So the background on this place is, uh, it's 25 acres and shoot 75% of it is open pasture for grass uh, for cattle so have you're, a cat, you're talking cover. down in Texas right yeah this is down in Texas so okay. the cattle industry runs everything and, and where I grew up in Jewett 600 people that's pretty much what everybody does is run cattle uh, you know there's a few people that do pig farming and chicken farming but but cattle kind of is the king said cattle does compete with your deer hunting you know that's it's kind of a negative effect on that um but we do have a lot of deer down there um but we don't have a lot of mature deer a lot of people hunt and a lot of the parcels are 
20 acres, 50 acres, 100 acres, uh, a large parcel um, in, in my area would probably be somewhere in the 400, 500 acre uh, range. That, that would be a large piece of land. Um, the parcel size uh, pretty much limits um, the ability to, for an individual anyway, to basically establish an older deer herd. Uh, it takes a lot of coordination with your neighbors and other people to all be on the same page. Um, most in the area are two and a half uh, years old, uh, occasionally three and a half. And if you can get a four and a half, five and a half uh, buck, uh, that's pretty good. And then you're generally getting into the 130 inch, 140 inch type of, type of deer. Um, unfortunately, you know, most of the deer are about 110 inch to 120 inch bucks that I shoot, which I mean, it's fine because I still find them challenging and I just enjoy hunting and being out there. And plus I like to eat them. So, um, but yeah, I'm not going to be a guest here that's talking about shooting 150, 170, 200 inch deer uh, <laughs> that I just don't have access to those. Oh, you don't have to worry. That's pretty standard <laughs> for us out here on the East Coast as well. So, um, but yeah, basically in Texas, um, this is the hunting season's November. The first Saturday of November is rifle. And then it runs into January, and then there's even a muzzleloader season that extends even into February, I believe. Um, and then bow hunting is uh, the 1st of October. So uh, it's a long season. It's a lot of people that hunt, and it's a lot of small par parcels. So you kind of you get what you got. But there are a lot of deer, and they all pretty much taste the same. But anyway, I have a lot of small parcels that I have access to just be family members and you know lucky for me most of those guys don't hunt they uh they do some duck hunting but they're mainly just cattle ranchers and they like cowboying and roping and stuff like that so um i have a lot of properties uh 20 acres 50 acres uh up to 100 acres in size that i can hunt and so i'm always trying to come up with ways where i can try and keep the deer on that small parcel as much as i can um, so that kind of led me to the hunter site, keeping a journal. Um, that way I can kind of track like what I'm doing, find out what's more efficient. So basically in the journal, you have a satellite map. So uh, think of like a Google Earth type map, but souped up where it has a lot of the features like an Onyx or a hunt stand would have, where you can place map markers and you can measure acreage and check distance. You can do all those things. Um, the one thing it doesn't do is actually do GPS coordinating. Um, so you can't take it on your phone and see where you're at on your land. Uh, they do that and they're great at it. That's that's their expertise. Um, my platform is more of when you're at home, at work. Um, you can use it on your phone when you're in the stand, but you just need cell phone service. Uh, to access your web browser, but basically you can scout using uh, four different maps I have. I have topography maps, satellite maps. Um, you can place your markers, kind of figure out where you're at. It's a critical if, I, I can't believe in this day and age that people don't use satellite maps, but if there are listeners that haven't, I would strongly encourage you to, to do that. And there's a lot of free access out there now that there wasn't years ago. Um, my platform uh, has a free account where you can use a satellite map for free. Um, but it's great intel to know what your neighbors are doing. Find like the bedding 
you know, where are the deer bedding at uh, when they're not bedding on your property? And, you know, what food sources are there? You know, do you have farmland around you? Or um, even with these maps, they get updated every year or two. So like the map I'm having, you can see within the last year, even up to like stands or platforms where people are kind of located. So you can kind of see where your neighbors might be hunting at. Um, that way you can kind of dictate deer movement or maybe you want to change how the deer are moving based on how your neighbors are hunting. And so in Texas, we're allowed to use protein feeders and corn feeders and stuff like that year round. Gotcha. And grow food plots, of course. So... If you want to try and dictate, you know, the herd and be a herd influencer, as uh, Jeff Sturgis likes to say at Whitetail Habitat Solutions Guy, um, I just like uh, watching his YouTube stuff and trying to learn. Oh, you bet. But Yeah, he's got some great stuff. Um, but anyway, so I use protein feeders. I try and do things that my neighbors aren't doing to try and entice the deer to be on my property as much as possible. Um, that is and then I keep records of it. And with my platform, you can really uh, keep like how many pounds per month you've used in each feeder that you have on a property. Uh, you can even compare feeders on a property if you had two, three, four, five feeders on a, on a property and you wanted to put different uh different types of supplements in those feeders just to see what the deer were liking best and then go to that so you could become more efficient you can do that with with my platform um but i know most people from what i've talked to i guess what they like about my platform the best would be the game trends and uploading game photos so with this say that you're trying to pattern a certain buck or deer and my platform will say um, like deer movements or whatever but this will work with any game camera picture you can track raccoons hogs turkey whatever it is but basically organize your your pictures into folders and then upload them into your account and when you do it'll tell you the wind direction the moon phase and the time of day uh, that that animal has been at that camera and so then you can try and establish a pattern and figure out you know when you should hunt that area okay and so when you hunt small parcels like i do it's critical to hunt a spot oh absolutely so touching on the weather uh how does it pull the weather are you pulling that from like uh, noaa or is that pulling it directly out of the image from the metadata it pulls it out of the image from the metadata. Okay, that's what so I want to So how on. that works, you'll have a timestamp on that picture. And when you're when you're putting, so that's a um, question. You log into the Hunter site and you have the free account or the paid account. It doesn't matter. Either way, you, you create a property that you're hunting. And you'll have six icons that come with this property. And the first icon on your left is the map. And I would suggest start with the map because there's a lot of to it. So with a map, you want to put where your game cameras are and you want to give game camera a specific name. And then if you are allowed to use feeders or use feeders, then I would put those on the map and give each a specific name. And then your stands, put those on the map and give them a name. And then those will be uh, useful for the other five that haven't uh, really covered a whole lot. 
one is the game photos. So when you go there from the map, game camera, whichever one it is that you're uploading the photos from, and then when you're uploading those pictures, it's pulling uh, it knows the GPS location of that camera. And then from there, it's able to look up historical weather based on the date and time stamp from your camera picture. And gotcha. so that's how we're tying it all together. Okay. That makes sense. And that's a game saver. So you're, in, yeah. the, in the past, I've actually done that manually through the good old fashioned mm-hmm. Excel file pull it out, yeah. try to pull the data, try to match it to the weather. And it's a royal pain in the ass. So I, I it's think it's a lot of work. Yes. You are definitely onto something with this. Yeah. So this just makes it easy. All you got to the hardest part is organizing your pictures that you're wanting to pattern. So this platform organize them for you. Uh, you're going to upload your, your group of pictures and then whatever that folder is, when you upload it, you can give it a specific name. Like if you name your or you have deer in general, you would just click the deer folder and then every picture that you put in the deer folder, we're going to pull the timestamp and date and then we're going to log that and then it'll show you in a table and then a pie charts uh, the okay southwest wind 12 percent of the time he's been there you know southeast wind is eight percent and then it'll go through all the moon phases and give you the percentage breakdown there of when that animal's been at the camera and then the time of day and it has the time of day broken down in three hour increments okay Um, and then so basically you can look at that and then you could go back to your satellite map where you have your game cameras and then there's a place where you can put notes if you click your little map of that game camera or you could type in additional notes like uh, that big eight point uh, northwest wind uh, is most common with a waxing gibbous or whatever moon phase time of day most popular is six to nine and uh, eleven to two and you can actually put little cheat notes based on the trends you saw right there on your map. So in the future, when you just go to your map, you can just click on your game camera and you can already see like the, the cheat notes already right there. Um, and then that can understand locations and stuff like that. Okay. I got uh, the you. other thing, um, so we covered the satellite mapping and uploading game camera. The other thing with the game camera pictures and I've done this um, is you set your camera out and you forget to put the correct time in there or the date <laughs> or you're Guilty. off just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And you go and you pull it up and you're like, oh my God, this is terrible. The sun's out. It is you not know. one in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what time it was that you put that camera out or fairly close, you know? Right. Well, minutes or so you have an idea of like when you were there so you can actually edit your uh, pictures when you're uploading them into the hunter site and fix that because the whole point of really uploading game camera pictures to the hunter site is to help you pattern that animal to help you kill it so it doesn't do you any good to upload these pictures of that buck when the timestamps are off because that's going to throw off everything obviously right. so you want to edit your pictures upload so that you got the correct date and time that way the historical weather is correct and then you would go to your game trends which is icon underneath your game photo icon 
and then select that game camera and then that folder of pictures specific to that camera and then it'll show you the pattern. And then you can add additional notes like I was describing earlier in the satellite. Um, or um, a lot of people, so there's a nutrition section, it's the far right icon, looks like an apple. And in the nutrition, there are a few different, there's food plot records, supplements, and mineral blocks. And then there's a feeder trends, which is if you use a paid version, then there are feeder trends like I was describing earlier of how many pounds you've used per month, and you can compare feeders and all that. Probably more useful, big prices or to outfitters maybe that are wanting to kind of keep track of that rather than necessarily the average Joe. Gotcha. The building. And then for the food plot, I've kind of created easy to make templates to add these rates because I noticed with some of the other apps out there that have great satellite mapping and GPS stuff, you know, they they do record keeping, I guess, so to speak, but it's not like easy to use or easy to type in and doesn't it doesn't really keep it like how I like it. So that's why I these easy ready-made templates um, you would just click food plot and ask you like type of crop planted and you would type that in um, if you use a mix I would type in you know give that mix a name and then the date you planted it'll ask you how many pounds per acre the size of the food plot the name of the fertilizer used the amount of fertilizer used you can get food plot a uh, grade on how uh, successful you thought it was so you can kind of when you have this over time you can kind of breeze through it and be like oh that was a two I don't want to replicate that or that was a five okay that was a good food plot I want to use that again on that property it's really useful especially if you have a lot of properties and trying to keep track of things you bet and then there's a note section which is obviously if you're doing a, a, a mix of of and you give that mix a name and the type of crop planted specific, you just call it spring mix or fall mix or whatever. Well, in the notes section is where you can get specific, like I planted um, oats, 25 pounds per acre. And then you can put a slash or whatever, and then elbow and whatever I did 10 pounds per acre, you know, whatever it is. So you can just go through. And then when you're looking at your records, you can see everything in the notes specific. Gotcha. Um, and then for supplementation, that's, you know, geared towards uh, feeders and stuff like that. But it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a feeder. But because a lot of people here in Texas, and I'm not sure uh, on the East Coast or in the Midwest, but they use a lot of uh, cottonseed, especially down in South Texas, for their protein supplementation. Oh, really? And apparently, I, I don't know because I haven't used it myself. So what I am going to say is just things that I've read. Um, gotcha. I'm tracking. But apparently it's cheaper. And uh, the only really downside of it is the fact that uh, it will make the deer sterile. So you want to quit feeding it, you know, basically in August or whatever. And then when the deer start getting hard horned is basically when they can breed. So as long as you quit feeding before that fact, then you're okay. 
Yeah, see, and that's why I found it interesting because we've had some of the same reports. Uh, North Carolina, they can bait and feed down there, and I've heard of people doing that and actually carrying it through and pretty much losing their herd because they weren't paying attention. You know, when you push that year round, yeah, you're you're making them sterile, and you end up within three years, you've you don't have fawns coming out, so you don't have any new deer. You know, within five years, you've depleted the population. Oh, yeah, it's gone. I mean, think about that. Like, you know, you see a lot of stats, and uh, but basically a, a rough estimate is like 50% survival rate for fonts, you know. And <laughs> if, okay, so what, how many doe have twins? 75% or something? I'm not sure. It's a high number, I, I believe, of doe having twins, but only one out of those two survive. Right. And then if you're not getting bred... So, I mean, just think about how much it takes right now just to keep your deer hurt. If only 50% are surviving, and then you're taking that out with the whole cotton seed and, and not even getting any bread. So, Absolutely. I can imagine it doesn't take long to decimate the herd. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I know sometimes it can get boring talking about like adding records and doing all this, but you know, <laughs> for all those guys that talk about deer management and it's a lot of them in this industry, they would absolutely because there is nothing in the industry that has has this setup that's so easy to use uh, pre-made templates you can keep everything and every record that you make, you can share it which I haven't even talked about that part yet uh, of why that's important. Yeah, but, we'll get then, to it. Of course, it. you can edit your records and you can delete records. And then it has, you know, a template minerals. So if you're putting minerals out, it has a pre-made template with some questions and you enter all that in. Um, a feature that I have found, I will say that the nutrition feature, I just probably the least popular from just talking to people, which Going into it, I kind of found that surprising because maybe I just listen to hardcore hunting podcasts all the time and I talk to hardcore hunters, but everybody's big into food plots that I know of or feeding protein. So I think being able to keep these records, man, would just like gig your and be pumped up. But most people just kind of like I can tell they start yawning during that part. But uh <laughs> The part, the part that people really like, you know, besides the maps and the game camera stuff, is the harvest recording. Now with the harvest records, uh, you click out of harvest, it'll have, click here to upload your picture so you can attach your grip and grin. And then I have like pre-made animals already kind of selected from like the most, or you could click other and actually type in what the animal was. But you have like buck, a doe, hog, turkey, duck, goose, um, and then after you select the animal or type in what the animal was, it'll ask you the age. And it has the age broken down from one and a half to eight and a half years old. And then it'll give you the date harvested and time harvested, which is great because as soon as you put in the date and time harvested and this record uploads in your system, we're looking up the historical weather in the background and attach it to your record. So it automatically will give you the temperature, the wind direction, wind speed, the barometric pressure and the moon phase and you're not having to do any work except put in the day and the time you killed that animal nice that definitely makes it easy 
And then there's a note section. So if you're one of those guys that weigh your deer each time and you're keeping up with the weight of your animals, you could put that in your notes or anything you want to put in the note section. And then the harvest stand, as I mentioned earlier, you'd want to put all your stands on the satellite map and give them a name. Well, in the harvest stand, there'll be a drop-down box, and every stand that you put on that map will be listed there for easy, you know, easy selection. So it, it really only takes probably 10, 15 seconds tops to actually add this record. It's pretty simple. And, uh, and then all you have to do anytime you want to access your hunting records is pull this website up on your phone. You have your account and you can show your buddies all your kills on that property right there you can look at the weather patterns of your harvest and over time see if uh, there's a certain stand that's performing better since that'll be on your record or if there's a certain weather pattern that's better uh, you kill bigger deer with whatever it is so it just kind of helps over time keep all this stuff for you and you're not doing any work right that makes sense and then um, I touched on the harvest trends with the age structure on that, keeping up with that, and uh, bucks versus does killed on a property, which that is uh, that's not part of the free platform, but that's included in the upgraded. And then uh, there's a seven-day weather forecast tied to, tied to your property, which is the lower uh, bottom right icon obviously with the sun and rainstorm on it so with the seven day weather platform you don't have to go to weather.com to look up what's coming up you can plan your hunts all from uh one site that's kind of what i created this for is this is like one location to keep up with your nutrition records keep up with your harvest and kills keep up with your game photos be able to edit them, look up game trends in your photos so you can figure out when's the best time to kill that animal. Use satellite map to help you scout. And then you have the seven day weather platform telling you what it's gonna be like. And so you go to your game trends and you'd be like, okay, that big eight point has been there 67% of the time with the Northeast wind. Okay, what do I have? Looks like Thursday, I'm gonna have the Northeast wind. That'll be when I go hunt at game camera x stand x or whatever you know gotcha so it's just kind of all there for convenience no that's great and uh go ahead ask ask away oh you're good so one thing that has me excited and that i've really found very beneficial about this is it used to be you know going back to the camera pictures is you would pull your cameras you dump them onto your computer you'd end up with 45 different folders all this stuff going on and then uh, anytime you wanted to try to go back and look at something you know you're searching and searching and searching but you never forget that i remember i saw this bucket this stand on you know around september and with this you can literally just go straight in pull up that stand and bring that picture up because you've got it loaded on there so it takes all of that work out and saves me a lot of room on the hard drive with the satellite map you can put your notes like you just described with the deer that you saw you could put that at your stand map marker you could type that in saw xyz buck at 7 a.m or you could put that as your game notes in there um if your stand's located next to your game camera obviously which i assume that's how people hunt that's kind of how i'm hunting because otherwise well i have the game camera i want to know when that animal's there so i can kill it and then um 
you can also just use the deer icon that we have for the deer side and, and put it in there. Um, but there's a lot of tools. Uh, that's, we all come from different regions, different hunting backgrounds. Um, but there's a lot of tools for every hunter to find something, at least one or two or three items really useful and that aren't really with those other apps that, that you use. Right. No, I 100% agree with you there. Uh, you can literally tailor this to record anything you want just using your head. You know, you can, if you don't want to use the nutrition to track that, you can still use the nutrition to track things of that nature. You know, you just, uh-huh. you can put all that in and keep track of what you're doing, like you said. And, uh, what really pointed me out earlier is when you said you can utilize that to actually track uh, what they prefer, you know, different type of minerals, different type of proteins, things like that, you know, and that I haven't used it for. So I'm going to definitely give that a try this year. I mean, it's a really unique system. And so everything I just kind of went through with you is what someone would pull up that created their account. They can manage one property for free and that gives them all these tools to use. And then there's another part where this is called a hunt club, which is basically group management. And so um, if you do hunt on a lease, not only can you use this individual stuff that only you can see with your login, but you could create a hunt club specific for your hunting lease. Or if you were an out, use it with your clients. Uh, you just want to use it with your outdoor podcast buddies. You know, all three of you guys could create your own club and, and record that even though you're in the same land. Right. But basically, with the hunt club... You create, uh, you give it a name, you create it, and then you can invite people uh, to join. And the invites get sent to a member's homepage. And from there, they can accept or decline. Um, so they have to be a member of the hunter site for them to get the invite. But uh, right. that's how you invite people. And yeah, then, you know Trev as well as ahead. me. If I go telling him where the big deer are, he, he's going to want to come <laughs> down here and, and, and get his shot, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, again, this is a, I'm going to describe the tools utilized in this hunt club, and it is up to each group to use these or not use certain ones, however they you know seem fit. Um, but when you open it up, you have a club page, and you have, like, club notes, which could be like your hunting lease notes or if you're an outfitter you could you know write down whatever you want your clients to see um or your buddies you know you can put your notes in there and then from there you can select club map and so again it's your discretion but you can create a satellite map and you can put where stands feeders whatever that you want that you can do on your private map you can do on the club map as well it's up to you how you want to utilize that or not and then there's a community forum where you guys can chat and message each other in your group. So you could plan outings of like, uh, we need to go fix the stands or clean the stands or let's go have a barbecue next Saturday or whatever it may be, you know, it makes for easy community with everybody. Okay, that makes sense. And then uh, there is the game photos, which again is a little hairy because some people don't want to share their photos and tip <laughs> off anything. Right. But you have the ability to share game photos to a hunt club. 
to your club that you created with your with your group members, uh, which is great if you're like an outfitter and you're wanting to share to your uh, client, or if you're on a lease, uh, the lease uh, manager, or whatever, so to speak, and you're wanting to share some recent game photos you got on your lease or your your lease. That's a way to let people know that you actually have some deer there. Um, nutrition, of course, if you're keeping records or doing all that, you have all the same nutrition features you do on your individual page. And then what I mentioned earlier briefly with, uh, with the things you can do with your records. So with game photos, uh, nutrition records, and harvest records, you can share them to a hunt club, as many hunt clubs as you want. So, um, but that allows you to not have to re-enter the information again if you wanted to share that record. Um, you can also enter information in again from your hunt club separate from your individual but that just gives you the ability to do that. Gotcha. And um, a feature that uh, has been important from talking to guys on a lease is the harvest feature. They love that feature. Um, they're not too keen on the sharing game photos and but the harvest data, like being able to share instantly, like, you know, what you killed. So, Stephen, you killed this 12-point that we've all seen, we know about, we've wanted to kill him, and you got him. And so you can simply log into your huntersite.com account on your phone using or Safari web browser, and you can take your grip and grin picture right there, upload it to your record, put it all in there, and then I can be in my stand, and I can see, dang, Stephen just killed that buck right now. Crap. So... Instant or, bragging rights. <laughs> instant bragging rights. Or it's great, like, you know, you're on a lease, there's 10 or 20 of you, but you really only know three or four guys that you're kind of buddies with, and the rest you say hi and bye to, you don't really know. Well, with this, this kind of allows everybody to to share, see information, you know, almost instantly as far as that goes. So I know that uh, Doug over here that I really don't know, you know, he killed this 12-point and so I'm going up there to hunt this weekend. Well, I know the 12 points off the table, but there's this nine that's a really good buck that I see a lot of my stand. I'll probably go ahead and take him now since I know that out of you know he's gone. So it kind of helps in that sense. So you're not passing up deer, you know, because you didn't know that Doug killed it. And the way a lot of people find out is just through their lease manager of like, oh yeah, such and such bucks killed that or that, but you may not see those people. Well, with this platform, it allows easy access for communication to be instant um, and simple. Awesome. So you got some new features and stuff coming up on the website. Uh, You want to touch base on some of that? Oh, yes. Uh, Let me cover one other thing in the Hunt Club, and that's it. Oh, okay, okay. So... Uh, A lot of things I hear with people on leases is that they kind of, they don't have the same management ideas or there's disagreements of what this buck was age was or he should have not been killed or whatever it is. So nothing's perfect and this website isn't going to fix the world. But I tried to create all these different features to help, you know, leases be better and be tailor-made for that specific group's wants or needs or interests. So with the hit list, uh, that is the ability for 
every member of that club to attach a photo of an animal and then you can put notes with it and then you can figure out okay this book is on the hit list and then every member sees this and they agree to it if not it can be deleted and removed but basically you can create a hit list of the animals that is fair game to kill without somebody getting their panties in a wad right absolutely no i i think that's genius because I can't tell you how many times we've run into that where we've seen a buck over and over and over and we've agreed to let him pass and uh, someone comes in and so you agree to let him pass and then the end of the season comes someone either doesn't have a tag field or is just pushing to get the last tag field and that deer walks by and you know what they take it well it's real irritating so having that as a clear defined you know, do not shoot this buck. Everyone knows, everyone's aware, and you can't say you don't. You know, that, that gives you a little more ground to stand on when you ask the dude, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, with this, you have the harvest records, so you've seen everything that's been killed and when. You see the hit list, so you know what's left on the hit list, you know, that's available. Uh, and then you have a community message board for easy communication with everyone that you might not have their cell phone numbers or talk to. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how the hunt club works. And then the other feature is lease listings. So, again, creating this website as a as passionate deer hunter, I try to think of everything that I would personally want or this situation, you know, what I could use or do. And a lease listing is handy. Um, there's several places out there to find leases. A lot of them are paid for. Um, then there's a lot of stuff on Facebook, I guess. But again, on this website, any member, free or paid, can list a lease or they can find a lease. So it's just an added bonus. Gotcha. That's definitely going to be big, especially in places like where you find yourself, where I'm at. Uh, it's not easy to just come across good hunting ground, let alone public ground. Uh, so have an insight into where availabilities are on these leases. I mean, that's a pretty cool deal. I'm glad you thought of that. And, um, and then, of course, uh, I just installed a... It's called Journal, and it's basically the blog of the website, and uh, we'll have uh, yourself contributing, and there'll be articles, and it's just mainly geared uh, to be educational and fun, and so just trying to learn and grow. I'm constantly learning. I definitely don't know everything. If I did, it would be boring and I wouldn't have any interest in it again. Um, exactly. So there's always something to learn. Or something new and so i try and post and share information that i've kind of learned either from others or from my own experiences in there and uh you know contributors like yourself and some other guys will be having some things in there and uh so that's also free as well and you don't even have to have a membership to access those uh you would just access the journal link on the website main page and then that'll take you to all the articles and videos there yeah Um, if you do have a membership then you can also access the journal link from your home page um directly under the word home on your left you'll see journal and you would click that and that will take you to the articles and videos 
Gotcha. Yeah, and we're really and, looking forward to uh, getting yeah. some of that stuff out. I know Trev's, he, he's got some things in the work up there for that, as well as uh, I finally may have a weekend that the river wants to agree with me and I can finish up some of the stuff that we've been slacking on. So but we're having fun Absolutely. getting that set up. Good deal. Hey, yeah, I can't wait to watch some of the fishing stuff because I, I am, yeah, I can tie a line, you know, I can bait a hook, and I, I can somewhat, I guess, uh, in quotations with my hands, fish, but I am not a fish. So there is a lot to learn for me on on that thing. Oh, I, I am 100% right there with you. You know, growing up out in Arizona, we, we trout fished up in the mountains, and that was about it. So moving out here and getting on some of the East Coast fishing was a game changer. And there's a heck of a lot that I still don't know, which is why I leave the big fish offshore stuff to Trev. And uh, I spend most of my time focusing on on the rivers. That That's really what I've come and learned and a lot of old timer knowledge that's been passed on. And it's worked for me. So we're going to try to push it forward and share that little bit of information to others. With some of the stuff we'll be putting up, uh, you know, fishing related, as we were talking about, uh, come hunting season, of course, there will be a lot of hunting content as well as some summer scouting stuff. What other kind of stuff are you planning on uh, posting up on the website? Well, I would like to uh, figure out, and there will be a way that we're going to have guys that self-film their hunts, uh, send in their videos, and then we'll pick a winner you know, each week or monthly or something and uh, basically broadcast their hunting video to everybody, you know, there. So it kind of helps like the smaller YouTube guys getting started, you know, wanting to get noticed or attention, you know, they can share their hunting videos. And then that also helps people learn too, because you can sit there and watch hunting videos from other people and see like, okay, well, they chose this stand location because of this. I didn't think of that. You know, that would be useful for where I hunt. So um, anytime you can incorporate hunting or fishing videos, you know, there's always something that you can learn from the other guy. And uh, I just kind of wanted to sweeten the deal a little bit and reward, you know, those guys that are doing an outstanding job by having some type of contest or whatever for for their work and to help them get noticed uh to help more people awesome but that's uh yeah that's something kind of later down the road but that is something we're working on for this fall good deal. Uh, yeah and, and we'll definitely be putting our heads together and uh getting that rolling i, I think it's going to be fun not only from our end but from all the contributors from all of the participants i think it's just going to be a blast yeah i think so too hopefully we can we can build a tight-knit community and uh and everybody just kind of help each other instead of you know that's the thing with the hunting community it's like you know we're united when there is like a major issue coming up and then it's like okay we all got to pull together but for most of the time you know we're like bickering and fighting with each other of like well <laughs> he uses a crossbow you know that's not real hunting or <laughs> you know, he's cheating. using a rifle yep i'm a mu- i'm a muzzle loader guy you know like everybody's like cheating or or this guy they they use feeders in texas that's cheating or whatever but i mean oh yeah and i kind of ha- have an article on that uh on the website of about like is baiting on un- ethical you know and i kind of touch into that and 
I mean, that's a whole other other topic we can get into some other time. But <laughs> yeah, you can pull examples from itself. every region of the U.S. and find ways that you could classify what they're doing as cheating. But we all know we hunt animals by their bedding, you know, their food sources, and their water. Those three things are what you got to focus on. And so you can go from there. But Definitely, man. Well... We got one question we ask here, and uh, I'm going to hit you with it right now, and that's, what drives you outdoors? Okay. What drives me outdoors? Uh, I guess the kind of the adventure of being outside, never knowing like what you may see around the next corner or further down the trail or what animal you're going to see or outdoor experience you're going to have, you know, like... So there's always like that mystery of what's going to happen next. Uh, and so that's kind of what drives me out there because it's it's never boring. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. No, I get that. It makes perfect sense. You know, it's always that, that thrill, you know, that anticipation. And I'm right there with you on that one. Oh, I was going to say the other thing, too, is just like your your closeness, you know, to God. I don't know, you know, not every hunter obviously believes in God or whatever, but I don't know how you can be outdoors and not believe that there was a creator. I mean, obviously there is intelligent design when, when you're outdoors and you're seeing how everything is working symbiotic. I, I, there's no other way that it could happen, you know, any other way. But regardless, the whole point of being outdoors, you know, you feel close to God. You have like this peace about you. Whatever worries that you have back home or at work or whatever is like gone away when you're just sitting out in a tree stand or you're on the side of a mountain glassing. However you're hunting, like just being out there is like so peaceful. You're with your thoughts. Um, so that and then the sense of adventure of not knowing what's going to happen next or what drives me outdoors. Awesome, man. Well, real quick, tell everyone one more time where they can find you. Okay, so this is Bryce Stone. You can find me at thehuntersite.com, T-H-E-H-U-N-T-E-R-S-I-G-H-T.com, and, or you can find me on Facebook at The Hunter Site or Instagram, The Hunter Site. And it is site with S-I-G-H-T. And use Google Chrome or Safari as your web browser for all the tools. Oh, that's a great point. Thanks for pointing that out. Nothing worse than trying to get on a website and you can't figure it out. Well, you just made it easy. For yeah, it's like, oh, this thing's not working or it's all jumbled up. And it's your first impression. No, that's not how it's supposed to look or work. Exactly. So it's just a browser. Oh, awesome. Well, Bryce, I appreciate you jumping on here and uh, fumbling through this with me. And uh, I appreciate will, it, Stephen. Anytime. We, we will definitely be doing a lot more collaboration in the future. So everyone keep your eyes out for that. Also, keep an eye out on the site itself, huh, pun intended, and uh, <laughs> you'll see some stuff coming from the Outdoor Drive, as well as Bryce and some other contributors that we've got jumping on. It's going to be a really unique thing, and uh, you guys just stay tuned. But in the meantime, I want to thank you guys all for the support, and uh, thanks for taking the ride right here on the Outdoor Drive.